Hey, Mika here. What's going on, everyone? This episode includes audio from my live Twitch stream this morning. I reference a lot of visual content that, of course, you can't see. But if you want to watch this live stream, head on over to Twitch. I'll include that information in the show notes. But I wanted to just address that because not just this episode, previous episodes have included audio from Twitch, and I didn't make that quite clear. So I hope you enjoy this show. If you want more information, again, check the show notes. Take care, and thank you for listening. It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. We, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Check one, two. Hey, hey, same facade. Good morning. Good morning, Facebook. How y'all doing? Good morning, YouTube, Facebook. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch homies, Twitch fam. What's going on? Okay, so yeah, um, <laughs> it was a late night, a little bit of a late night for me, for me, La Vieja, uh, ooh, a little bit of a late night, <laughs> uh, and then our early morning, uh, but I'm here. Good morning, Donna. Hey, Donna on Facebook, uh, if you're watching, but uh, yeah, there was some interesting news that broke yesterday evening uh, regarding the fire sheriff's deputy. If you follow me, if you follow Charleston Activist Network on Instagram, you saw that um, in the stories, at least if you if you viewed any of the stories that uh, I teased a uh, live five news uh, six o'clock story about the Jamal Sutherland case. We're going to continue to talk about the Sutherland case. We're going to continue to talk about. I'm not just Jamal, but countless others who have who we've lost to uh, extrajudicial police killings. But but um, yesterday, Live Five News did a story about it. I did not watch it in real time. I totally like blank didn't even set the DVR. But we're gonna get into some of that today. Um, some of their coverage from yesterday evening. Uh, and so it's just uh yeah, let's just get it there. What's up, Meg? Good morning. Good morning, D Bartlett. Good morning. Thank you for joining me on Twitch. Thank you, thank you. All right, so let's uh, let's get to it. All right, so today's weather. Shout out Charleston weather. Shout out Jared Smith. Hey Nicole. Hey Leticia. Grand rising. Grand rising. <laughs> All right, so today's forecast, y'all. Eighty three degrees, mostly sunny, comfortably warm. It's been comfortable. They mean no humidity, I guess. I think that's what I think that's what Jared means when he says comfortably warm. When that humidity comes, it's a wrap. All right, so uh, yeah, that's today's weather. Make sure y'all go out there, you enjoy yourself. Uh, wear your sunscreen, even if you black. <laughs> wear your sunscreen. Black don't crack, but it will crease. <laughs> wear your sunscreen. We've got news. We've got news. Here's the morning uh, digital edition of uh, the Post and Courier. As always, as I just reminded some people who probably didn't want me to remind them, I gave unsolicited advice. Uh, please use your. Try to use your library card to access the post and courier to access any mainstream periodical use your library your, your library is the most subversive one of the most subversive institutions we have you can get your taxes at the library you can get all types of programs take advantage of all types of programs summer programs literacy all types of literacy not just 
literally reading, but computer literacy, use your library, use your library. It's the most like underutilized resource we have. And you can gain access to all of this, this news is breaking news. Don't get stuck behind a paywall. Go ahead and use that library card. Um, and if you don't have one, go get one. <laughs> Shout out to all my homies who have several, but this is the news from the post and curry. This is the digital edition. All right. So yesterday, as I mentioned um, early on, there were two groups. There was one group led by Gilliard, Representative Gilliard and Representative uh, J.A. Moore, who convened uh, in North Charleston to talk uh, about the Jamal Sutherland situation and come up with with uh, ideas and and legislation and, and strike, you know, drive certain points home. I'm saying like this for a reason, because. Y'all know I've been very critical since the press conference that was led by Mark Pepper. Um, uh, we saw that Mark Pepper, who is in alignment with law enforcement, who's actively worked to support the, the actual law enforcement entities that that actually um, created the conditions that led to Jamal's death. That's that's the, that's the conflict of interest that exists. Right. But one thing I, I talked about was how Mark Pepper was very effective, at least in that initial press conference with the family. He was very effective at having GOP um, GOP figures behind the family, not the legislators that actually drafted Jamal, excuse me, drafted legislation in Miss Amy Sutherland's son's name. No, 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 not that. Not those lawmakers. They weren't behind the family. It was uh, several members, several members of um, Al Cannon's reelection committee um, behind uh, the family, which was I, I thought was very odd. And I don't think the family was aware. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they are in community with uh, Shaquem Maquette, Tory Fields and um, Jerome Hayward. But it was odd to me to see a lawyer who also fundraised for Al Cannon have several uh, other members of Al Cannon's reelection committee behind. I'm saying all that because the Democrats lost control of the narrative. This is something that they should have been on ASAP. Like Jasmine said, like Jazz Johnson said, shout out jazz they had since january they could have been at the forefront they could have drafted legislation in january they could have had that there and they could have been the go-to voice but they lost control of the narrative so now what you see here um I'm, and i'm just going to give you my critique right i know for all the african americans Gullah Geechee, my people my cousin and them who watching i'm, I'm trying I, it's hard sometimes not to talk about family business and mixed company but um you know when buck around it's, it's kind of hard not to talk about it but i'm going to talk about it but i'm gonna do it delicately y'all we got to get it together we got to get it together. So you had the local NAACP, local NAACP here in Charleston hold one meeting at 11 o'clock. And then you had another faction of black leaders hold another meeting at 11 o'clock. And to me, what I'm seeing is two separate press events. I'm not really seeing two separate. Uh, I will say there was some policy, definitely some policy attached to the Gilliard and J.A. Moore effort. Um, but when I saw, and you can see it right here in this, uh, this clipping, I already see a problem. You got Merrill, you got Merrill Chapman at the table. So I know what, what this is. This is more so, um, you know, trying to, to look like, to make and have appearances look like we've got control of this narrative. Um, but you got Merrill Chapman at the table. Um, you got, you know, you got the OG Elder Johnson here too, and some, and a whole host of other familiar names. Right. But, um, I just thought that, that having two competing uh, pressers, two competing um, meetings at the same time, talking about the same issue with black leaders who are respected, I thought that was a L. I thought that was a big L. 
Um, and sometimes things can be unavoid. Things are unavoidable. But I felt like this was an easy phone call. Um, now, I will say sometimes NAACP is hard to get a hold of. I will say that. Um, I'm going to keep it cute. But um, I think that there could have been some sort of there could have been some sort of um, coordination here that wasn't there. And again, you got Meryl Chapman, a whole racist at the table. Um, so, yeah. Can, what is this? <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know who that comment is, but we're going to keep it moving. All right. So let me go down here and let's click on this. Well, let's look at the other highlights. Some other highlights. Berkeley County has its first black school superintendent. That was on, that was in the, featured in the news yesterday, right? Um, man, rant, man and son riding four wheelers. Wow, discovering human skull. This right here is interesting as well. Um, Tom, uh, Representative Tim, oh, excuse me, Tom Rice votes for votes in favor for the Capitol Riot Commission, which was interesting. I, that, you know, instead of Thomas Novelli and instead of um, Jennifer Hawes, Barry Barry Hawes, instead of them kind of glamorizing Nancy Mace and working to uh, build, help build and craft this um, image for Nancy Mace. It would have been really interesting for them to really, they, now they covered this story, but I would have, I would have actually enjoyed this being getting some of that, you know, Hey, if you're going to fly out Th Thomas Novelli, fly him out for this. Let me see if he wrote this story. No, Jamie got this one. Well, then shit, fly out Jamie. <laughs> um, Cause Jamie is dope. Right. But if you're gonna if you're gonna give anyone some like this dude's I, this totally like I did not have this on the bingo board, uh, his him him stepping out him such a strong a Trump supporter, um, stepping outside of I guess the the collective and voting for the commission and also voting for impeachment. Um, really 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 interesting and i think that's a story that that we need more attention but um i am i'm actually not going to click on this i'm not going to click on this let's look at the front page of the paper so this is the front page you see at the top right you see the pga news uh tease off at kiowa today took a little trip out there this morning to see what was going on early in the morning uh also here's more news about that the 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 uh, representatives that convened yesterday. So coalition seeks institutional reforms, Sutherland's jail, death prompts call for changes in resources. Right. So um, heard directly from representative J.A. Moore, uh, who was featured in this article, heard from him directly at our, at the justice for all coalitions um, noonday effort the other day, heard from him directly about uh, some of the things that were mentioned at this meeting yesterday. So it's just consistent with um, making sure that we use the resources Sources that we do have readily available at our disposal um that's something that hold on one second yeah that's something that that he's championing along with some other things again Meryl Chapman being at the table really is is, is um concerning of course there's something with earth sciences in the middle of the paper um rice here rights votes for the January 6th commission okay so that's your front page okay uh you know, Black History was made. Berkeley appoints new chief of schools. Happens to be African American gentleman for the first time. So we got that there. All right, let's close that out and let's get to some other news now. Shout out Evelyn, you put this article on my radar. Shout out Evelyn. Let me see what's going on here in the chat. Okay. Okay, I don't know who. Let me see. Oh, uh, spam. <laughs> I didn't even see it. I got you. Good morning. Bye bye. Cool. All right. Got it. <laughs> I didn't even read it. I didn't even read it. Okay. Over in Twitch. 
So let's hop over here. Shout out to Evelyn. Evelyn, you put this on my radar radar yesterday evening. I had not seen this um, and it didn't come up in my Google alerts. But this Hicks column, it's an opinion column. Um, this one is Hicks. Uh, this is his statement. I mean, or his, his headline for his article. Uh, Hicks, Sheriff Graziano can clear up questions by providing answers in the Sutherland case. So what I'm seeing here by Hicks. And if you scroll down, let's see what kind of article they, they preview. Let's see what article, bam. Um, what I'm seeing from Nick Hicks is, and, and even his first piece, shout out to, to Fernando for putting, bringing it to my attention. Hicks's first piece was odd. A, he's not on that beat. It's a Gregory Yee beat and other people who have been on um, either the um, police beat criminal justice beat like before Michaela Porter left she was on that beat with Gregory Yee as well um I believe a little bit I think a little bit um but to see Brian Hicks talk about and weigh into the tape being released was odd to me right and and if you read the article again this is shout out to Fernando for pointing this out if you read the article you saw that there were no direct quotes there were no direct quotes um, and so it was interesting where he was getting his information and nothing was attributed to any one particular source. Right. Um, it was just folks. People gave their comment on background. Uh, so now Hicks is writing this, this, this opinion piece to shape to help shape the narrative. And this is very sympathetic. As as was Mark Pepper, as was. Um, as well, uh, they are they are lifting Scarlett Wilson up. They are very much working to uphold her, to to support her, to make sure that she comes out unscathed while scapegoating Kristen Graziano. So so we saw this with Summy. We saw this with Mark Pepper at the press conference, and we're seeing it with Hicks. We've seen it with also Nancy Mace. They all have come to. They all have chosen to attack. Kristen Graziano making this issue, put, placing the blame for this issue on one person when all that, all who are, those who are engaged in this fight know this is a systemic issue. This is an issue that where many, many, many institutions failed Jamal Sutherland and not just failed Jamal Sutherland, failed countless other people who had either been harmed by law enforcement while in custody, right? Or while making contact with law enforcement or those who, who have lost their lives at the hand of law enforcement, Right. So um, I'm going to get to, no, no, let me just go ahead through it. So Jamal Sutherland's death has raised a lot of questions, but we have yet to see many answers, particularly from Sheriff Kristen Graziano. Sutherland died on January 5th inside the Charleston County Jail as deputies were trying to extract him from a cell for a bond hearing on a misdemeanor charge. All right, to go into the details, right? Let's get into his little, his little special sauce. Um, this happened just hours into Graziano, excuse me, this happened hours just after Graziano took office and no reasonable person would blame her but plenty of people question her actions since mm -hmm. Congresswoman Nancy Mace accuses Graziano of uh, uh, being less than transparent nonchalant and lacking empathy hmm hmm why did Sheriff Graziano wait almost five months? It wasn't just see, and this is where this is where this is where Kristen, I think, underestimated the system she was entering into. I knew she I I I know she knew she had no friends within that jail, within this institution, within the county, even you can argue, right? Um, not in that city. You definitely didn't have no friends in North Charleston. 
So, but but what I think she did, she really underestimated what they would do, how they would kind of like backdoor her in the initial stages. And I, and maybe I can say I can attribute it to she literally just started her job within what twenty four hours, forty eight hours. Maybe some of that was just all of the just all of the change and trend. But you did have a transition team. You did have a transition team. So I. I I don't know why she didn't see this coming. I believe that there was some, uh, there was a reason why she had to sign that NDA. I don't know why she complied with that signing of the NDA. I don't know why that wasn't disclosed earlier. So instead, like she sent me a text telling me that I need to get, get my facts straight. Instead of sending me that, she could have even intimated to me, Tamika, my hands were tied. Can I tell you why? She could have intimated that to me. She could have communicated that to me confidentially. Even if I couldn't disclose it, I could communicate. There are some other things at play. She could have disclosed that to the, to the press in some way, shape or form. But I don't even know why she entered in that agreement because that right there, that was her. And I, I, we don't even know when it was signed. So let me just back up. So I don't even know if it was signed immediately after the uh, Mark Pepper was detained. But I know one thing, they got her and they got her good. And the fact that she stayed silent on this and thought that, oh, the NDA was going to protect her. No, the NDA was designed to protect Scarlett Wilson. The NDA was designed to protect the pathologist. The NDA was designed to protect NCPD. The NDA was designed to protect um, other other people. It was not designed to protect you. And if she thought she got cover with that May 13th disclosure date, if she thought that was going to give her cover, she was sorely mistaken. And and see, this is the thing. You say transparency is one thing to be hiding behind sled, right? Y'all, your law enforcement loves telling us transparency and then they hide behind sled. It's ongoing investigation. That's one thing. But to add another layer of BS and bureaucracy and saying, oh, well, the family sued so we can't talk. Family suit police departments all the time and, and in, in ongoing civil suits all the time. And they still press for the body cam footage to be released. Right. So I think she underestimated how they would come and just do, launch this full scale attack from Nancy Mace. Right. From Summy Right. From Mark Pepper. And that's the that's the probably the, the, the part you didn't see. You got the lawyer representing the family actually helping law enforcement at the same time so i'm sure she was just confused like what's going on the politics that play now she's got some black women working with her i hope she's got some black politicals in there that would have been able to like if i saw in a minute i'm just tamika um with a with a with a forever 21 crop top on i'm just i'm just tamika sitting in my apartment could tell you oh that's jerome hayward oh that's that person that's that person oh they they worked at reelect uh al cannon if i can identify three members of, of al cannon's reelection team at the press conference then you should be able to pick up on some of that stuff that was going on in the interim stages. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, I know nobody, nobody, nobody wants to listen to me until they have to listen to Meek, Right. I, I'm being real. Like, right. Like this, this is just the thing. Like, I, I don't understand that you've got, you, you said you had this committee of, of diverse people behind you and around you. How, like, this is the thing they love. Let me, let me leave it there. She should have saw this coming. I would have been paranoid. To, I would have been distrusting to the point of paranoia until I could sort out who is who. But now you've got now. So to add, to add to this, this, this assault, you've got, okay, let's rattle them off again. You've got Nancy Mace. You've got Summy. You've got Mark Pepper serving two, two masters, right? You've got Jerome Hayward coming out. A former GOP lobbyist saying, no, we want your resignation, right? And some other people saying that as well, right? All right. And, and, and now 
now you got the Post and Courier being complicit in this in this bullshit from a Hicks opinion article. So now you got the now you got the Post and Courier. This shit's about to bake in. This shit's about to get baked in to where it's all gonna be Graziano. If she don't do something soon, and if these Dems don't hurry up and I'm, if these Dems don't hurry up and come to her rescue, cause cause ain't nobody was at only one Democrat was at a press conference that, that I saw. And that was Ben Polk. I mean, there was the Democrats there. There was the the, the, the Charleston Dems were there, but like in term and, and Ben Polk ain't in office, right? But if the Dems don't hurry up and come and come and bail her out, they gonna have a problem on their hand in a few years when re-election time comes. If the Dems don't hurry up and do that shit that they doing with Scarlett Wilson, do that shit with her. If they don't hurry up. And give give Graziano the the treatment that Mark Pepper and them is giving Scarlett Wilson. The shit's about to bake in. So instead of holding dueling press conferences against each other, y'all asses should have been around this sheriff. Y'all asses should have been around this sheriff. And I ain't caping. I'm just giving you for the game for free. Y'all should have been around this sheriff. Y'all should have been at her press conference. Y'all should have been talking about we're in deep talks. You should at least gave it the optics it deserved. But you didn't do that. You're holding dueling press conferences. Because y'all want to now y'all want to own the narrative that y'all could have had for five months. And this is how y'all going to lose even more seats. Y'all already got it. Y'all already, y'all already lost all them seats during November because Jamie Harrison wasn't going to make no ballot, wasn't going to no, make no down ticket, nothing stronger. He wasn't going to make any of those candidates stronger. So that was a, that was a wash. So now you're going to take another L because it's about to bake in. Now that you got the Post and Courier doing Post and Courier things, it's about to set, this is about to be the narrative that's widely held, is that the sheriff office is the one that needs to be held accountable. Not DHEC, not the Behavioral Center, not Scarlett Wilson, not SLED, not Summy, not NCPD. It's all going to fall on Kristen Graziano because y'all ain't got y'all shit together. I need y'all to start Democrating. I'm going to need y'all to start Democrating and stop trying to win all these other press conferences. You already lost the major one. The, the one that mattered the most was the first press conference. You lost that one because I'll be damned. I was a shitty basketball player. But I tell you one thing, if I was elected state rep and I was a Democrat and you in my district, I tell you one thing, I would have boxed everybody out. I would have boxed everybody out and made my ass and put my ass in the front in the front row of that press conference. I would have been right there next to Miss Amy. I'm a swear to God, shitty basketball player, rode the bench, didn't get no PT, but I would have boxed out Jerome Hayward and I would have got my ass in there and I would have I would have I would have bullied my way. And I'm being a little bit funny, but I would have pulled Mark aside. I would have pulled Mark aside and say, Mark. Democrats, we run Charleston. We need a time to talk. Somebody should have pulled Mark Pepper aside and said, we need to be right here. This is how this press conference is going to go today, fam. This is how the press conference is going to go today, Mark. Mark, we see you. We see you. And you, it, it should have been Marvin up there. Somebody should have orchestrated that. That's just my thoughts. <laughs> she's too new to understand how tough I She She's not from, I don't know she's too new. I ain't going to give her that. Nah, she running. She been in law enforcement for how long? Uh-uh. Go back to her. Go back to her election stuff. Go back to all. Go back to her campaign. Go back to how she ran. Go back to the things she ran on and her experience that she brought from other areas. You tell me. You touting all this experience. You touting all this wherewithal. You touting all this expertise. I'm gonna need to see some of that savvy. I'm gonna need to see some of that expertise in defending yourself. Cause right now, ma, you on the ropes. 
you on the ropes. And I, again, not caving for no sheriff. I'm just calling it. I'm just trying to apply the, the political strategy part. But instead of the Dems and, and black folk holding dueling press conferences, y'all should be rat. Y'all should be trying to go ahead and see the political implications of what's happening now. I just, I just don't get it. That's me and my soapbox. She got played for real. Good, uh, uh, good morning, Meek McPherson. What you say? Let me see. I was talking for a little bit. Let's just say she needs you to be her Charleston good old boy system. Cause on, she needs something. Look, y'all ain't gotta like me. Y'all ain't gotta, y'all ain't gotta um follow my shit like that. You ain't gotta like, subscribe, Patreon. You ain't gotta do shit. But watch a couple of mornings. Just that's all I'm gonna tell. You. Just watch a couple. Of, you ain't gotta tell nobody you watch. You can watch after. You don't gotta watch live. You don't even gotta watch live. You can watch on YouTube. You can come back on Facebook. I made the videos public now. You can watch me back on Facebook. Just just watch, cause cause I, I I don't know what the the choices being made are are very very interesting. But Hicks just goes on. He serves up a bunch of real nice little, uh, you know. Let me see. He just, it's all Graziano. It's all it's laser focused on Graziano. It's such a it's such and to to, to borrow a phrase from Evelyn, it's a hit piece. This a Grazi, another Graziano hit piece. Summy was the first one. That was Ether. All right, let me get to um some of the news so we can watch. Uh, oh wow. Um, ho hopefully y'all, if y'all are stuck in, stuck in traffic, hopefully, um, you're watching me. <laughs> but let's get to the news. Regarding, I'm trying to figure out if I want to do live five news. Uh, we're gonna get to this. So this was the part of that 6 p.m. special. The Charleston County deputy, one of that that was fired, ficket. In 2016, we know she has a history of violence. Uh, she, we, some information about her history of violence came to the light yesterday. Um, she said this, we can't wait for them to comply on their own. Damn. That's her saying it. So that's her taking that L on her own. All right, let's um, get to the latest regarding yesterday's meetings, the NAACP. We'll do the NAACP, then the local lawmakers, and then we'll uh, get back to the Live 5 news coverage of what happened with Fickett. So here's the NAACP uh, meeting. Oh, let me rewind it. Carolyn, that's right. The two deputies that were involved in this case have since been fired from the Charleston County Sheriff's Office, but local activists and other organizations say that's not enough. The Charleston NAACP spoke today saying they'd like to see Good fundamental morning, Jason. changes Good morning, to Jennifer. the way inmates with mental illness are treated. How long? How long? How long? How long? Exactly. How long? Tensions building as <laughs> pleas for accountability it's not funny. It's not ring funny. through the streets of Charleston. Justice has not yet been done. The Charleston NAACP joining the many voices calling for charges to be filed in the death of Jamal Sutherland. We urge solicitor Scholar Wilson to prosecute the officers involved and to do all that's needed to build a a case that leads to their trial and hopeful conviction. Now that's important. Thank you, Dot Scott. We do need this to go to trial. Like, stop telling us why you can't get it to trial. Shout out to Stephen Bowden, who, who's, who's in two comments on Twitch have shown us that there is a pathway to trial. There's a pathway to accountability. She's going to act like there's no pathway to accountability. There is. There's a, there are numerous pathways to accountability. So shout out to Dot Scott from the NAACP for calling for that, for, for calling for, and again, I don't believe arresting cops is justice, but it's pretty much the only means of accountability that we, that we have. Um, and so we have to go for it. The organization also calling for a review and overhaul of the system, digging deeper into police practices. Recruitment 
you got to look at who you're hiring. Mm. Training. All of these cops... I love seeing familiar faces. Claims they've had de-escalation training, but do we ever see them use it? Come on. Sheriff Kristen Graziano said last week changes to the sheriff's department's policies have already been made, but she says she can't do it alone. We're developing policies and procedures for... Now, one high-profile dim was here. In fact, you had somebody working for... Somebody working for... Al Cannon's re-election up there. Someone who uh, was featured on an ad, uh, a re-election ad for Scarlett Wilson, was up there with the sheriff at this press conference last week. And that's Lydia Cotton, another very, 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 very pro-police person of color. Lydia Cotton, a very, 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 very pro-police woman of color. Lydia Cotton, she was up here. Where were the high-profile Dems? Where, like, so are they are they working with GOP to, to to get her scapegoated out? That don't make no sense. Mental health, we're working on that, but we need hey, help. Fernando. We need professional input. <laughs> we don't have all the answers. Moving forward, the Charleston NAACP wants accountability for all parties involved in Sutherland's death. To include how metal behavioral health the North Charleston Police Department and the Charleston County Sheriff's Department. Uh, bingo. It ain't just it ain't just one department. It's a whole system that failed Jamal Sutherland. Solicitor Scarlett Wilson announced yesterday that she's asking for a second opinion looking <laughs> at the you, cause Jason. of death of Jamal Sutherland. <laughs> she says the original pathologist report prompted more questions than answers. Okay. So Carolyn, that's uh, right. The two skip that one. So yeah, that that was interesting. That's NAACP. Let's go ahead over to um, the local lawmakers. Our team coverage takes us now to News 2's Kate Prestak and Kate. Local leaders had an emergency. Shout out Kate Prestak. Meeting today. They're discussing some legislation they want to work on to make sure this never happens again. Katie, that's right, and legislators turn say it up. ultimately the entire system failed Jamal Sutherland, and once again, they're working to fix that. Now, some of the things that legislators are pushing for in legislation include the use of any weapons on those mentally or physically ill or challenged, more diversity on teams inside of the jails, more funding for mental health. Okay, this would, this would trip me out. So they meet in North Charleston, so that's right by the police, that's the police department essentially, right? I ain't hold no meeting about the police at the police department. I know that's a very convenient bill. I know that's a government building, but I'm just looking at North Charleston SWAT. <laughs> like, come, come by and, and, and just let me. And then you got, yeah. Or challenge more diversity. So you got, oh, you got the Greek freak. You got the Greek freak Todd Rutherford here, right? You got a racist Merrill Chapman here. This is a motley crew. You got Wendell Gilliard. You got Elder Johnson. You got Marlon Campson, right? It's a motley crew. I don't get that. I don't get that. J.A. is over here. Pastor Dixon's over here. That's interesting comp composition. On teams inside of the jails, more funding for mental health resources and organizations that serve the Tri-County and transportation. Representative Moore says he's already working on funding to help those mental health problems until the legislation goes back into session. I think this was just for optics. Is that Marcus right here? Yeah, Marcus, you was there. No, Marcus, you was at the NAACP. Is you there? No. Is that Marcus? I don't know. Yeah, that's Marcus. 
talking about some of these mobile crisis units, talking about adding more funding to... They got the Greek freak came down. The Greek freak. You see him over there to the, to the right. So stuff that we can do now in the interim uh, to handle from a funding standpoint. But yeah, there's definitely... I don't know how Merrill's at the table. Community involvement. <laughs> Meetings like this with more community uh, stakeholders. There's a lot of work that we can do, uh, not just for... Say it again, D. Say it again, D. Over here in Twitch, where the black women at? I'm telling you, like if like even at the Mark Pep, the Mark Pepper presser, say that five times fast with the GOP operatives behind him. Where were the black women? I mean, you couldn't even get your cousin Keisha to look like she like you couldn't give Keisha a blazer or a sundress like and put her where are the black women you got Meryl Chapman at the table but you ain't got no black women I don't understand they reaching out to me they emailing texting DMing asking what's up what about the what about the homegirl from um Goose Creek um the new NAACP yeah the new NAACP uh leader in Goose Creek what about her why couldn't somebody make sure she can get be there? I don't understand. Thank you, D. Where are the black women? Not only for justice for Jamal, but for Hey, Crystal. For oh, you was there? Jamal you were there? This killed, quite frankly, by law enforcement. Real quick, let me hop over to Facebook and read some things. Jason, thank you for making me feel, uh, yes, Lydia Cotton could get a couple more varies. Yes. Meek McPherson, you wrote over here on Facebook. Uh, this goes beyond a local issue, just like they report when these officers uh, are being are fired. Let me see. Just like they report when these officers are fired, they need to report. They excuse me. They need to report where they're being rehired. We talked. We talked about that in our coalition, Meek, that we don't want them just to like pass these lemons on to the next to the next township, the next municipality. Right. So absolutely. Yep. I'm um, gonna we'll skip down. Let me see what you said, Jason. You know we weren't asked to be there, right? Um, but I asked Pastor Dick to pull up. Okay, okay, I got you, Crystal. You says I'm not sure about everybody else, but the delegation was sent an invite. Yeah, um, an invite. That's how the legislators got there. I got you. You were there. Good job. I'm glad, Crystal. I'm glad you were there. I know, I know. Wendell and JA put this together because I was covering it all morning when it when it broke and all that. Yeah, um, Fernando, you're asking where did the invite come from? Good morning, Trudy. Yeah, Trudy, oh, if Nan didn't know about it, so you saying, Trudy's saying she didn't know about it. Good morning, Trudy. you saying you didn't know about it. Nan, Nan should have been there. Shonda or Trudy should have been there. Absolutely. I'm just saying, but Meryl Chapman was there with her racist ass. Yep. Jason, Jason, try to help, um, Jason, try to help break Pastor Dixon from his Meryl, Meryl Chapman addiction. That I'll be, I'll be, I, I, I start messing with him again if he, if he can break loose from them chains. Tell him Brady, the Brady gun violence ain't the only game in town. There's other, there's other groups. I trust me, <laughs> trust me. Sorry, I just, I just had to say that. All right, so let's. I'm gonna go back. All right, and we want to get to that thicket story. So let me hit mute because it's an ad probably. And let's play this. But yeah, this is the story. We're going to go now to Live 5 News, whose coverage has been excellent um, on this case. Um, and oddly enough, WCIV has some interesting reporting as well. But remember, they're a Sinclair station. Sometimes. Uh, all right, here we go. 
Sergeant Lindsay Fickett's views on the use of force. She was named in a lawsuit about five years ago by an inmate who accused her of improperly using a taser. Lisa Wiseman joining us now from the newsroom. Lisa, you had the chance to read through the deposition that Fickett gave to lawyers in that case. Well, for about 175 pages, Fickett answered questions under oath about that specific incident, as well as her general views on using force on inmates. In the lawsuit, Fickett was accused of using a taser on an inmate for, quote, an unnecessarily long time. Fickett had used it in drive-stun mode on that inmate. That's a, the direct contact on your skin without the probes. The Remember Stephen Bowden? Shout out Stephen Bowden. He broke that down for us. So we know that there are two functions on the stun gun because we wanted to know how, how does the how does the electricity, how, you know, how long is it sustained? Shout out to Stephen for breaking that down. But we hear she was, she put that stun gun on previous on other inmates she put it on stun mode but shout out to Stephen Bowden who broke it down for us I just want to say that the lawyer asked Fickett why she used it for five seconds instead of a shorter burst come on well Fickett said quote it's to be the same across the board if I use a two-second drive stun on somebody versus a five-second drive stun on somebody else I'm being prejudiced I'm what? using less force on this person versus this one so we always do five seconds long well coming up new for you at seven o'clock excuse me, six o'clock, how many times Fickett says she's used a taser on an inmate who was already restrained? That is coming up new for you. So why are you using the taser? Why are you using the taser on somebody who's already restrained? I, that's the story I want to get to. That's the story I want to get to. Is, I wonder if this is, this is the same story. Let's see if this is the same. But first, this developing story, we're digging deeper into a lawsuit. Have no clue why. Okay, let's hit mute. Skip ad. Let's see. I don't know. Now there's no volume. Let me hit refresh. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Previous lawsuit. Let's see. Bear with me. Trustworthy okay. So after this ad plays, we'll enlarge and hopefully it'll be the continuation. But I don't know if it is. Let's see. But first, this developing story, we're digging deeper into a lawsuit that was previously filed against one of the deputies involved. Is it? lawyers in that case. Then Deputy Lindsay Fickett was one of more than a dozen members of law enforcement named in a lawsuit filed by a woman back in 2016. The plaintiff claims after she was arrested and was being booked in the Charleston County Jail, mm. Deputy Fickett used her taser on her improperly. According to the lawsuit, the inmate was restrained in an emergency restraint chair except for her right arm. Mm. When she refused to put it in the restraint, Fickett then applied her taser in drive-stun mode to her arm. Mm. That's the direct contact without the probes. Fickett was deposed in the case, meaning she testified under oath about what happened. When the lawyer asked why the need for the taser in this case, Fickett said, quote, They're not fully secure in the emergency restraint chair. We can't wait for them to comply on their own. Wow. We have other things to do. Wow. When questioned as to why. Let's pause that real quick. We, can, we can't wait for them to comply on their own. That right there is, 
that has to be a crime like like what what is it about if they can't get compliance why is then the next the, the next course of action why is it brutality like aren't there other ways to secure compliance like i don't understand that like why is it oh okay we're gonna we're gonna incentivize you okay we're gonna use pain as an incentive rather as something else something else going on especially when they're they no longer pose a threat to you what about talking to them until they get distracted and then you just really like like just just start securing the arm while you're talking to them like, i i'm being silly but like like oh i can't do the just like other things you could do. i don't know i was just saying that because it's like it got to be something else what about what about just slowing it down and talking to them like a human being how about that calming them down no aggression 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 pain 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 is always the incentive let me read the chat over here on twitch oh we're gonna talk about the ronald green we're gonna talk about that d i got that queued up on youtube tv we're gonna talk about ronald green in a second and viewer viewer discretion is advised as graphic video of police violence okay um nicole yep uh, i think you're just co-signing d bloodlust justin used the word bloodlust absolutely couldn't agree more um torture right torture you into compliance i mentioned um gitmo the other day i did not do that to be facetious or did not do that to be like uh you know maybe hyperbolic no it reminds you reminds you of guantanamo bay the, the tactics they're using are akin to torture if not outright torture they're torturous right golly they're not going to comply on their own okay get another job where you can get people like do do like just get another job you're not good at this why she used the well she got in, she, she fired so she can look Taser for five seconds instead of a short you know there's a lot of jobs opening up in food and bed and tourism she like she likes you know maybe she'll be no i wouldn't put her in, i wouldn't even put her in charge of the carriages in charleston because she might abuse the horses order burst Fickett said Quote, it's to be the same across the board. If I use a two-second drive stun on somebody versus a five-second drive stun on somebody else, I'm being prejudiced. I'm using less force on this person versus this one, so we always do five seconds long. She says she also prefers the taser over other ways to make someone comply, like using a pressure point or a strength technique. Golly. Saying it's measurable and the, quote, same for everybody. Figgett was asked how many other times she's used a taser and drive stun mode on an inmate who was restrained over the four years since she's been a deputy. Her answer, quote, maybe 20. Oh. The lawyer also asked if the most difficult to handle inmates tend to be those who are either intoxicated or suffering from mental illness. Figgett's answer, yes. Lisa Watts. So if they're intoxicated, I'm going to treat that also substance, a substance like you need some, you need a different type of approach. Right. I think we saw that with the James Britt story. Like they saw him as drunk, maybe drunk and disorderly. And they could, they felt like they couldn't get him to comply in Mount Pleasant. Right. I think that you should approach that too with a different strategy. Right. It's just, why and, and if she's acknowledging that the inmates are that could be mental the, the the ones that are harder to handle could be mentally ill why are you using this type of uh, uh, these type of tactics on someone who's in mental health distress i don't get it
uh, Jessica, you say the IACP guidelines from as far back as 2011 said tasers are not to be used for pain compliance. Thank you, Jessica. They are to be used defensively, not as a means of control. You know what? I, I, I could not articulate that until you, you just gave me the word power to to articulate what I was seeing when we were watching the Jamal Sutherland ex extraction. Why would you use pepper spray and something that causes pain and injury? Why would you use that to get someone to to come and comply and to attend a hearing? I'm going to read that again. The IACP guidelines from as far back as 2011 said tasers are not to be used for pain compliance. They are to be used defensively, not as a means of control. Thank you so much, Jessica, for putting that in the chat. Thank you. Let me look over here on Facebook. Joy Brown. We can't. Yeah, you, you're responding to the, the we can't wait to, for them to comply. Quote, um, it makes it a control issue. You say, Joy, not safety. When people don't do what they say, the second they say it, the bad ones thinks it gives them the bad ones. Most of them. I'm sorry, but I am going to contradict you. The bad one thinks it gives them free reign until they kill someone. Absolutely. Because they don't know when to let up. They don't know when to let up. Couldn't agree with you more, Joy. All right, I'm going to exit out of this story. Um, I'm going to exit out in the interest of time because I did want to get to that, that uh, not just that, um, that Green story, Ronald Green, but I want to get to this one. We're going to go. So uh, this made news yesterday as well. Former Colorado officers arrested. Let me blow this, this page up. Um, this is from NPR, former Colorado, uh, officers uh, who arrested a 73 year old woman with dementia faced charges. So this is the woman, God, not God rest her. She's alive. Uh, God bless her. Karen Garner, uh, in Colorado had dementia, went into a Walmart, walked out with an item or whatever, less than $15 worth of merchandise. And, um, what I'm about to show you again, this is graphic police violence. We're going to tie it to the Jamal Sutherland. I'm just showing you, uh, this case and some others. So you see that this issue is you'll see some parallels between how people treat those who are mentally ill. You'll see those parallels. Right. And there's another story from WCIV with Jamal Sutherland's mother that I'm going to play as well. But let me play this. I found it a, a good video on Twitter that didn't have any uh, commercials. OK. This is very graphic. y'all. I do not play this easily. This is very graphic and hard to watch. Criminal charges were handed down to two former Colorado police officers on Wednesday after they forcefully detained an elderly woman suffering from dementia last year. Karen Garner was arrested for shoplifting last year. This is June, so sad. Ended up with a broken arm and a dislocated shoulder. The details of the 73-year-old's injuries came to light last month after her family filed a federal civil rights suit against the city of Loveland, Colorado, as well as its police department and the two officers. The pair resigned afterwards. Garner's family spoke out later on Wednesday. This broke my heart. Just only affecting my mom and my family. It's also affecting this whole city of Loveland. We've talked to her caretakers about her PTSD from all of this, and it has truly changed the progression of how her dementia was going. Police body cam footage of the incident became public when it became an exhibit filed in court. So it's shoplifting, y'all. Shoplifting. Stop acting like it's Bonnie and Clyde running through the city. It's shoplifting. And it's an older woman when you come up on her. As part of the lawsuit, it shows Garner getting handcuffed behind her back and shoved to the ground. 
Do you need to be arrested right now? No, no, no. Oh, I see you, Fernando. Let's stop. Come on. Come on. Right now you're resisting, which is not going to fly with me. The two policemen were called to the scene after Garner had been caught by Walmart store security trying to leave. With how small of a person you must be to feel like, I, like how small of a person you have to be to manhandle a 70-year-old woman like this. This woman looks what, 100 pounds? How, how small of a person you have to be to laugh and joke as you apprehend a woman for what, taking $15 worth of merchandise from a, a Walmart? Without paying for items worth less than 15. I, 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 worked, I worked as a manager in big box retail, right? So I, I, I ran logistics, Target, several 90 million plus high risk, high volume stores in the Philly metro area. Push-outs happened all the time, right? People loading up their cart, pushing it out, taking a whole cart worth of stuff, just pushing it out the door, right? We don't, we don't necessarily call, in the stores I, that I managed, we didn't call the police. We didn't have assets protection call the police, right? We, you took, you used the surveillance cameras, you got the technology, you're able to take pictures when they come back to your store, that's when you have assets protection, pull them aside, follow certain protocols, engage the local law enforcement. Not over no damn $15 worth of stuff. I, I Calling the police. You use all... Do you know that these big box retailers have technology that's akin to, like, the FBI? Like, they've got cameras. They've got toys, too. They've got toys, too. They've got some really interesting toys. Take her picture. She comes back. Have access protection, question her. That's all you need to do. Calling the police. like, And then you call the police. You do things properly. You don't do all this. This is crazy. One officer, Austin Hopp, was charged with two felony counts of assault causing serious Look bodily injury and attempting to influence a public servant. The other, Daria Jalali, faces three misdemeanor counts of failing to report the use of force, failure to intervene, and official misconduct. You heard that? The Garner family's civil attorney said the criminal charges were, quote, not satisfactory. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, they don't show it. Did they show it? Hold on. I'm gonna see. There's a picture that shows it. So that's the two arresting officers at the table right there. Look right here. Fist bump. Fist bump. That's crazy. Right. That's how they treat people with dementia, people who are mentally ill, people who are dealing with different types of, I guess, neurological conditions. This is how they treat them. I'm going to now go to, um, not the, no. First but day, first this morning happening today. First day to PGA. We're going to go here again. This is WCIV. You know, this is the Sinclair station, um, but broke clocks right twice a day and not only that they've been actually there's really good coverage there shout out to people who who do their jobs who try to do the best in journalism at wciv but the way they framed this story several times online was disgusting but i think this clip right here is must watch as a must watch clip ask miss sutherland about how she feels about the solicitor's process and what the mother's thoughts were when she learned the officers had been fired jamal and me had a really really close bond and that's what amy sutherland told me today when i went to meet with her she recalled and, and i know we've watched video from from mrs amy sutherland um throughout the week but this one the end the end of this video th this was interesting 
the first time something didn't feel right about her middle boy. Jamal, in the third grade, said, Mom, I'm hearing voices. Mm. She says mm. she took him to the doctor, but it wasn't until he was about 15 mm. that he started treatment for his mental health issues. Oh my God. Probably been in hospital over 40 times. Mm. She says he started getting treatment at MUSC, but mm. insurance wouldn't cover it. That's she a says shame. he didn't have a choice but to move on to places including Palmetto Low Country Behavioral Health Center, his last facility. We don't have anywhere in the 50 mile radius. Where you can take your That's crazy. family member. That is because this is a family disease. She says Jamal's story is a. This is why this story is so important. It's because it, it highlights Jamal's mental health struggles, which is where the emphasis should be. Shout out to members of the Justice for All Coalition, coalition that I am part of. We talked about this last night, and I'm so happy that folks within the the coalition press. Uh, featuring or highlighting the mental health issue here because that is one of the more prominent issues here outside of of course Jamal losing his life while in custody uh, of the sheriff's department the mental health the response to mental health has to change um, and, and this story specifically talks about what Jamal it humanizes Jamal what he didn't get how early did his mom observe him having symptoms um you know what kind of symptoms did he experience what type of resources did she not have access to okay they went to MUSC but then insurance didn't cover the care that he needed these are the things that we should be talking about right these are the things we should be talking about book we need to read to the end it starts with a devoted family 100 pages or so are filled with mental illness, but his death? His death is the beginning of his family and hopefully other people learning how to treat people with mental illness mm -hmm. like they come. Yeah. Justice for Jamal? That includes oh, justice boy. for her son, Jamal. She says she believes Monday's march and rally led to the firing of the deputies involved in her son's case but says we need to start talking. Shout out to Ms. Su uh, Mrs. Amy Sutherland for the saying, for mentioning how the protests and the pressure applied by not just Justice for All Coalition, but by many, many others. Uh, we already mentioned the Standards One rally that happened that evening, which coincided with the firing of the sheriff's deputies, right? All of that pressure led to that, to that one outcome. We've got many more things that we're fighting for, but I'm so happy to hear that she communicated that she was happy with the protest because that's markedly different from the sentiments that were expressed early on. And now I don't blame her at all. I believe that unfortunately, Unfortunately, and this is where I might break with the family, and I hope I don't disrespect anyone, but I believe that the, the, the lawyer that they retain is woefully inept, and also he is in bed with the very systems that actually created the culture and conditions that led to her son's death. And I and I, and I stand by that. I think the, the facts bear that out at this point, right? Um, and that's the only thing, and I think that they were the ones that drive this narrative to her about the city being torn up. No one was tearing up the city. No one was going to do that. And I'm not and I'm not I'm not trying to, to stay on that. But I'm just so happy to hear this evolution uh, in, in messaging and in, in Miss, Miss Amy Sutherland finding her voice and people being compassionate toward her, giving her space and grace. It's so important because we need to hear from her. We need her. We need her voice if she's willing to. And if she has the capacity, she's mourning her son. Right. But if she is going to engage the press, I love hearing her, how she humanizes her son. And shout out to this journalist who did that, who worked to highlight the issues and the family aspect. Shout out to this journalist who um, who got access and who made sure that this was the type of story they were going to play. About mental illness. God, 
thank you for allowing me to have one of your angels. Jamal made me so happy. Mm. Working for you, Ann Emerson, ABC News 4. Mm. And we asked DHEC several questions Look related at this, right here. to Sutherland and the decision to transport him from Palmetto Low Country Behavioral Health. We wanted to know what's the policy regarding transporting someone from a mental health facility and calling police who ultimately decides when a patient should be taken to jail. Great question. Is DHEC investigating and mm -hmm. how many complaints have been issued to Palmetto Health in the last five years? And DHEC. And I mentioned this yesterday. I'm gonna let it rock in a second. I mentioned this yesterday. Um, shout out to the the family member of a former uh, employee of the mental health facility where Jamal was initially before he before he was. Uh, arrested by NCPD, um, they mentioned how they left this facility about a year prior because it was so under-resourced that they didn't want to be complicit. Like, they didn't want to be um, employed there if someone lost their life. And they, that person also went on to tell, to, to share with me through their family member that they broke a lot of protocols, that calling the police is like the last resort. Like there were so many steps that it seems like that staff that night skipped over. And also what that what that former employee communicated was that fights like this or scuffles happen all the time. There should have been personnel there capable of handling that and separating the parties involved and putting them and placing them in uh, place, placing them in. I guess rooms that could keep them safe from self-harm, but also keep them separate. Um, and that wasn't done. And we need to know why this is when DHEC enters the chat now. Right? So unlike Nancy May, Summy and, 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 and the GOP trying to work toward scapegoating Graziano. No, this is a systems failure. Shout out to whoever from the editor to the, to the reporter who made this piece happen. This is probably one of the more important pieces of reporting done, especially with these questions at the end. This is, a very very important piece of reporting because it doesn't just talk about the damn elected officials it's about the system and the mental health resources that are unavailable hey evelyn you wrote in twitch on the in the, in the chat in twitch she's 100 right referring to i believe mrs amy sutherland the healthcare services are abysmal particularly and you put with asterisks particularly if you are uninsured or need some in need someone in network absolutely Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. He had told us the Department on Aging ultimately has oversight in cases like this. And we're reaching out to them now. Meantime, DHEC did provide these documents that I have, and they describe violations at Palmetto Health wow. in 2018. One of the three involved a patient, and in that case, the person was made to undress and had a procedure done without a staff member of the same sex present. Wow. Palmetto increased staff education as a result. Wow. So there were there, there's a history of, of issues there at Palmetto Health as well. Um, that's not that's unsurprising, right? Um, I'm gonna get to I know it's 8:30, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going. Oh, hold on, J uh, Jason Jones on Facebook, you wrote about how we're not gonna talk about how the caller played the the victim card while dehumanizing Jamal. Yeah, that was interesting too, right? Like like they were like under like they were oh I don't know what to do. You got to get him out of here. Uh, like you're a trained professional, ma, right? You're a trained professional. Like, figure it out. All right, I'm going to, I need to close some of these windows. I'm, I'm going to close that. I'm going to close Post and Courier, if it will close. And I'm going to open up YouTube TV. This is the Ronald Green story.
and like we'd like to stay focused hyper local but like with the colorado the the young the older woman 73 year old woman with dementia who had her arm broken by police we talked about a couple weeks ago about the woman and um from wcnc the woman uh it wasn't rock hill a uh, salisbury north carolina right there on the border right on the south carolina north carolina border we talked about her, the librarian, old 70-something-year-old librarian, dragged out of her car by her hair, by her dreadlocks, and how they laughed about it, right? So, so we, we talk about those stories that aren't necessarily local, but how it, it also helps us, it helps us with, um, with language, it shows us what other law enforcement institutions are doing. Let me stop, you know I can't type and, I can't type and talk, let me just go ahead. <laughs> I don't know why I think I can. I can't. All right. So um, this morning on CBS News this morning, they played part. I didn't know about the Ronald Green story D until this morning. Right. So let's see. I can pick up where I left off. And then, yeah. And pleading with troopers. Here we go. Okay. I'm on 15 seconds back. Here we go. Vlad Dutier. Let's make it bigger. And this might buffer y'all because this impact after crashing into a tree. Mola Lange has the video. We must warn you again. It's graphic. It's disturbing to watch. Ronald Green can be heard apologizing and pleading with troopers once the high speed chase came to an end. They tased him before he could get out of his car. Officers then wrestled him to the ground and tased him several more times. One of at least six officers can be seen dragging Green several feet oh after God. his legs had been shackled and his hands cuffed behind him. He shackled and he shackled and handcuffed. The AP says the troopers, who were white, left Green unattended, face down and moaning for more than nine minutes. Experts say Hope he ain't got fucking AIDS. Officers nationwide are often trained to turn people handcuffed on their side so they can breathe easily. Troopers didn't do that to Green. Instead, pushing him face down. As we saw that in Mount Pleasant with George, with James Britt. They would not let him up. He could not breathe. Shout out to y'all in the chat. We talked about how breathing is restricted when you're face down and your hands are behind your back. Even his, his brother-in-law said that to the press. Green tried to turn. Police initially told Green's family he died after crashing into a tree during the chase. But later, state police said Green struggled with troopers and died on his way to the hospital. A federal civil rights investigation is underway. In a statement to CBS News, Louisiana State Police would not comment on the content oh, word, of the video. Tisha? It said the release undermines the investigative process and compromises the fair and impartial outcome for the Green family, LSP employees, and the community. Green's family has filed a federal wrongful death lawsuit. For CBS This Morning, I'm Mo Lenghi. Yeah, they can't comment on that video because it's indefensible. I'm so tired of being tired about these stories. I mean, you hear him call him a stupid MF, and yeah. I would say he wasn't stupid, sir. He was scared. He was scared. And, and then when you look at the initial police report, died uh, crashing into a tree, died on the way to the hospital... That's why the videotape is so important. And what you're going to see in this case is sometimes the body, body cams were turned off. The yeah. audio was turned off. And, and even Anthony, when ta I, I, Jesus, even when take, taken to the hospital, 
the doctor on the report said the police account does not add up. Right. The, we should know that the trooper who tased Green and yeah. later admitted on audio to beating him uh, was, was told he would be fired for his role in this case. He later died in a single vehicle highway crash uh, that happened right after. So did he, so he heard, he heard he was going to get fired. So did he kill himself? He was told that. Why would you? I'm sorry that he lie? died because I'd like to hear his account. Yeah. And an another officer was arrested in connection uh, with another excessive force case. One of those officers was, was arrested in another. See, the thing what? that always gets me, Vlad, is the lack of humanity that has shown people of color in, in, in encounters with the police. We've seen it time and time Right, and time Evelyn? Again. Right, Mr. Evelyn? Mr. was saying repeatedly to those troopers, I'm your brother. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm your I'm, brother. I'm your brother. I'm uh, sorry. He was apologetic. And I'm scared. Yeah. I, I learned about this case this morning. Close that out. Um, there's one that, like, it, it just, it breaks your heart. It breaks your heart and um, it shows you how widespread this issue is. Right? Um, and it's just, it's, and that's in Louisiana. A lot of parallels between um, Louisiana and, and Charleston. I wanted to show this because I'm going to be messy a little bit. So shout out to um, somebody on Twitter who sent me this yesterday. Um, yeah, um, but back to the, wait, back to the chat real quick and back it up. Evelyn, yeah, I don't know if that was a crash or a crash. Yeah, right? The lack of humanity. Um anyway so somebody on twitter sent me this last night y'all be digging through um either david ayler or or mark peppers y'all be digging through their face they haven't made none of this stuff private they ain't take none of this stuff down um which is whatever right it ain't necessarily illegal but yo like so what we have to do this is how i'm going to end today's twitch stream i'm in in a second what we have to do is 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 from, from the black perspective black people we have to stop being tribal to the point where we just see a black face and we don't question what their political allegiances look like you know who they who they align themselves with um you know who they who are their employers who have they been seen with uh, we have to start questioning these relationships um when we start when we see things moving funny no longer can we afford to assume all all skin folk is kin folk now again i'm in mixed company so white folk i'm talking to black people right now we can't assume anymore that all skin folk is kin folk we cannot be tribal anymore we have to start asking critical questions because this is what uh folks like those gop operatives that were behind uh the sutherland family this is what they're hoping to do they're hoping to confuse us by parading people of color lydia cotton's another one she's puerto rican but when you see her you think oh okay she's gonna be she's gonna be um on the side of the dim she's gonna be more maybe more left-leaning no lydia cotton is way right right well lydia cotton has been very comfortable with law enforcement lydia cotton has almost in, in some in some instances in my estimation when i've seen it close up like at hurricane evacuation she's she's delivered she's created direct access between law enforcement and ice and immigrant communities all while al, al cannon had this contract one of the one of these really bizarre contracts with ice where he's being paid to detain asylum seekers lydia cotton was literally delivering uh immigrant communities to law enforcement right she she we can no longer afford to think that people if they're brown or you know that oh it must be no you have to ask critical questions the other thing we have to do is start looking into these law firms, all of them, all of them.
but specifically David Ayler and Mark Pepper's law firm. Start looking at how they use their proximity to black people, black stakeholders, black businesses, Republic Garden and Lounge. They, they use their proximity to these businesses, to these, to these people and these institutions and these notable names to traffic in some nonsense. So here you go, David Ayler. Uh, it, it, he, t- he said, is at, he's part of this whole event this re-election for Al, for Al Cannon, right? And at the bottom of the, I know I'm, I'm in my Google inbox, at the bottom you see David Ayler and Mark Pepper's name featured at the bottom with who else? Tory Fields. Again, Tory Fields was wearing the whole blue ensemble, right? Blue ensemble, right? Formerly incarcerated. His name, his name ring many bells and none of them bells is, is, is good bells. His name ring bells, right? He's, he's, he's a henchman of David Ayler. You go on Tory Fields Instagram right now. You'll see him always posted up with David Ayler. You go to David Ayler's page, you're going to see Tory Fields, right? So these law firms, while they up there in Deco, they up there in Republic, you know, dancing to your favorite hip hop song all the while doing in the black community while they do their two-step. Doing in the black community why they do their two-step, right? Right? Playing that Pastor Troy and locking up black people. Yeah, let's get it. Yeah. Al Cannon has a contract with ICE? Cool. Yeah. Oh, how many inmates were brutalized at Al Cannon? Okay, that's okay. All right, let's take that money. Let's get that money. That's what they're doing. They're partying, partying to your pain, right? So we need to start dissecting these relationships. Look at this stuff that's been going on. How And how the hell is someone who held multiple fundraisers for Al Cannon, someone who has endorsed Scarlett Wilson, how are they going to hold that system and those people accountable for Jamal Sutherland's death? Because they should be held accountable. And as uh, Fernando, you said early on in the chat, let me read, let me find what Fernando said early on in the chat, right? Makes you said, makes you wonder if Fickett's supervisor and Al Cannon should be named in the lawsuit. Absolutely. Because if, if, Fickett, if all this news about Fickett's coming out, now we need to talk about what the, the conditions that, that, who created the conditions there. We need to be talking to Al Cannon. He need to be sued. Mark Pepper, is Mark Pepper going to sue his friend Al Cannon? Is he going to do it? He didn't order, he didn't order an independent autopsy. So how the hell is this, is this attorney? I just don't know what, I don't know if this family can fire him today. I really wish they would. I wish they really, I would bring in another lawyer that just like put him to the sidelines because this is, this is out of control. This, these conflicts are just coming out the woodwork. Y'all are sending me so much information. Thank you for Fernando for fact checking some of the stuff I've gotten. <laughs> um, but y'all have been sending me so much information about Mark Pepper and his conflict of interest and how he's been, he has been used in the past or how he's allowed himself to be used to put, to, to bolster this, this criminal justice system that is literally killing our people. Unbelievable. Let me look at the chat. Yeah. Your favorite King Street bar. Mm. Mm. We are. You don't get me. Don't get me talking. Kia ain't here for me to talk about Republic. So I can't talk about it until Kia come back. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah. Avoid representation. Representation is over, over, overrated. Thank you, same facade. That's why you can't. Oh, it's a black woman. Yeah. Uh, no. What's her politics? Not a, not a huge Kamala fan at all over here posted many of funny memes about her being a cop right not a big fan her politics don't align with mine i don't even know how she you have this bomb ass mom activist and you become a i don't know how that happens um but yeah not a big fan of kamala because she's black i'm supposed to just like not question her politics her record 
Now we got to start dissecting these, these relationships and dissecting these people. Evelyn, you wrote, if you're remembering right, Ayler also has um, a rep for defending sexual assault predators or perpetrators. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I see who he's with. You up there, you posted up with, with Shot Kim, my cat. You posted up with Tory Fields. Lay down with, with, with hounds, you gonna get up with what? I wouldn't put it past it. Let's start digging into that. Anybody else watching? Let's start digging into that. Who, who, who David Ayler up there representing? Love sponsoring a black event, though. Love sponsoring a black event. Love putting his name on wristbands at these clubs, right? And that's the thing. We deliver. These, these black men who are also GOP operatives are delivering black people to these people. They don't even know what game they're in. They swear they're playing chess. They, nah, they, I don't know what game. They ain't playing chess, bro. <laughs> they're not playing chess. They on another. They doing something totally different. And, and, and I think that their game is just opportunity and getting a bag. Opportunity and getting a bag. And that's not that's not it. And even um, so the so so somebody who was there who photographed at this event who was hired I guess to be a photographer, they said they saw um Elliot Summy up in there chilling. You got Elliot Summy, David Ayler, Tory Fields, Mark Pepper, all up in there for Al Cannon. Come on. I can't do it. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Um, I know I was supposed to send a newsletter out. Lord knows y'all. I, I work. I have to catch up with work because this has been taking over so much of my time and energy. So I will be sending out some communication about um, local efforts, how you can support uh, coalitions. Let me switch up. How you can support coalitions like the one I'm involved with, uh, our calls to action. I'll be sending that out via newsletter. If you aren't subscribed, hit me up. Hit me up via email. Hit me up in the DMs on Twitter or on Instagram. Go to the bio, the link in the bio at Instagram, and you'll see where to sign up at the, for the newsletter. And I'll roll out things. I'm being very discreet. You all know I don't post a lot. I don't post rallies. I don't unless it's something really important is go time and it's safe. Um, but I will send out information via newsletter. Um, even though that's not completely secret, it's the best way I can get out information without putting everything on blast. So, um, look out there is going to be some really important communication that goes out. It will go out maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Um, but please, please sign up for the newsletter. Um, thank y'all for watching. I'm so happy that the stream guys let me have one more inter uninterrupted stream. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you for um, Facebook for holding me down. Thank you for commenting and chatting. I really appreciate it. I'll see y'all tomorrow morning, 7.30. 7.30 a.m., all right? Bye.